comfortable coming and asking questions. Father, you are good and we love you. In your name, amen. All right, well, thank you, panel members, for being here this morning. You guys know how this works. We've done this a few times, uh, so I'll ask them some questions, and then the group themselves will, will go ahead and answer that question, uh, and we'll discuss a few points this morning. There's a number of questions that came in, some really good questions. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to get to all of them this morning, but next week we're going to, uh, we're going to bring this up again, and hopefully we can, we can weed through some of them next week as well. All right, so we'll start off on something a little bit lighter just to get everybody's uh, creative mental juices flowing a little bit. What is something that surprised you as a parent? The first time that you had a child, this just surprised you. You thought it was going to go this way and parenting was going to be like this and you're like, wow, this is not what I expected. What's something that stood out or that surprised you as a parent? Pastor Matt's got the mic, so if you want it. That little baby makes a lot of noise. <laughs> one in particular? Emya. Yeah, the, fir <laughs> the first one. The first one. Okay. Um, for, my, for myself, um, the most surprising thing that I experienced was the late nights. Like I thought the baby will be, you know, sleeping through and that she, he or she wouldn't know anything, but they know. <laughs> <laughs> they would always cry in the middle of the, the times that you really want to be sleeping. They are making noise and they want to get up. But I appreciate my mom was there helping me, trying to... Yeah, so that was one of the surprising things that I learned, that waking up late nights, which I did it, I wasn't really used to it. Yeah. yeah. For me, it's uh, the word no. You know, when um, when I gave the command and Shadrach said no, and I went, did I really hear that? And you know what happened next? But um, yeah, it was the word no. <laughs> Um, I think um, for me as a, as a father in the house, um, I think I sometimes get some feedback from the, my two girls here. Uh, when I say something, like they kind of say something back to me. And sometimes it's, an, it's a surprise, like they start to say something that is... Um, from their perspective, what they they know, and I start to like, uh, are they really? Uh, do they really know what they they're saying, or like? And then like, um, I have to sit with uh, Sharon and like, uh, think we need to uh, kind of maybe correct them or say something that can sync well with them. That's some kind of a question that we sort of throw back, back and forth. Yeah. So wives, how many of you were surprised how heavily your husbands could sleep when the baby needed somebody to tend to them? Mmm, yes, yes. 
Well, it is a privilege to have children uh, in the same way that it is a privilege to, to raise them and to train them and, and to be part of their lives as they grow up. And maybe I'll, I'll come to the next question here. Why is it so important for fathers, particularly for fathers, to love God first, to follow Him, to, to yield to His leading in your lives before you start to or before you try to teach your children? So maybe I'll simplify that. Why is it so important that you as a father love God first before you try and teach your children? Um, I think it is, it is important that we love God first um, because the, the mechanism of a family depends on that, actually. Um, if I don't, as a father, love God, then I shouldn't be expecting my wife to submit to me. Then I shouldn't be expecting my children to obey me. Because I don't love God as a primary um, thing for my life as, as a father. Um, when, I, when I love God and I live that life loving God, my wife will automatically fall in her place. My children, I can teach them and speak into their life because I love God and they see it and they follow. Yeah. I would say it is tuplo one time. You, you walk with God and you don't say, well, as soon as I'm walking good with God and don't make any mistakes, then I'll lead my children. No, no. You start walking and you turn around and grab the hand and bring them along yeah. at the same time. In your failures, you apologize. They're going to fail. You're going to fail. But walk. But walk with them. Walk with them. So t transparency also within that. Absolutely. Your children see you day and night. They know what you are at your best and at your worst. And so what they see it, you own it. But love, love God, love your children. There is a created order where God has placed the father as the head of the home. That is the the mandate and the command. Fathers, bring up your children in nurture and admonition of the Lord. So there's a created order that happens there. And so, Dad, if you just decide, no, I'm not going to do it, or I'm going to let my wife do it, um, you will still influence them. To quote John Maxwell, leadership is influence. And so you're leading, whether you like it or not, you're leading, and you're either leading positively or you're leading negatively. And so if you are following the Lord already, well, then you're going to lead positively. If you are not following the Lord, you're going to lead negatively, and your children will follow uh, however you go. But that, I think, speaks to the why behind. Why is it important for your relationship to be right instead of just maybe I'll figure this out as we go. So dad's the challenge would be make sure you're right with God. Yeah. Anybody else? 
sorry, it's for the fathers, but uh, for me, my father, when it comes to following the Lord, he's very strict. And I grew up in that environment, like, there's no nonsense about following God. So um, when I got married, I was thinking that would play out in my family. But because I got married to someone from the other church, it was a bit of struggle. But how my father taught me, that helped me to lead my girls to the line and waiting for daddy to get on when he's ready. So we pray, but it didn't, like, it's, it was too heavy for me. I expect you to be a father, you know, just like my father, but the more I wait, I'm going to go astray. So I better pull myself in line, the girls in line. When the father is ready, it will come. So it, I, I got that from my father. That, that's what I, I want to say. It's a line of communication. The father first, the mother, and the children follow. So if you follow that, father has to get saved first. If you are saved, then you'll be able to communicate with your own family. And that type of life will continue. If one line breaks off, then you're in problem. The only thing you have to do is fix it yourself. Take everybody to church. I think that the word of God will clean up everything. That's what happened to me. I got saved first, the girl of Baptist church. Then I got married. I brought my wife. She's also, she's already gone home. And then our children came through. So our wife brought those two children. Or we brought two, two children. We brought them in a godly way. Everyone went to church because of the father. Father was there, and the communication went through. And everybody went to church. And that's how we lived until today. And I'm a grandfather of six grandchildren. But I still make sure that the parents take the children to church. Because I am the leading hand. And God look at me to make sure that my family lives in a godly way. So maybe I'll, I'll, I'll jump off that. So, so what we've, we've seen here is that it is, it's important, it's vital for us as fathers to love God first, to grow in our relationship with God first in order to effectively lead our families. I'll take, a, I'll take a, the next question I'll ask is sort of feeding off what you said there. If my spouse is unsaved, or maybe they're saved, but they're not living a godly life. How do, how do I lead my children, maybe as a, as a wife, how do I lead my children in a godly manner when my husband does not live or does not even believe in what I am believing in? Does not believe in a biblical manner of raising my children. How do I do that? I'm going to speak from a daughter's point of view. I grew up in a house. My dad is an alcoholic, and I actually would argue with my mom about taking us to church. But I appreciate the fact that my mom got up and took us to church every Sunday morning. Many mornings, my mom was crying as she drove us to church on Sunday morning. And I appreciate that my mom taught us biblical facts at home. We would read through the Bible with my mom, where we never did that with my dad. Um, and any time there was a church event, a youth group, whatever, my mom made sure that my sister and I were able to be a part of that. 
um, and I appreciate that my mom was willing to do that because it's by the grace of God and I think the love that my mom had for God that allowed me to be the, the wife that I am and mother I am today. There's a tendency for some, uh, perhaps some mothers with good intentions to say, well, my husband isn't following the Lord. Um, I want my children to follow the Lord. Therefore, I'm going to leave my husband and I'm going to just go do my own thing. So let me read for you. This is 1 Corinthians 7, verses 13 and 14. A woman that hath an husband that believeth not, and if he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean, but now are they holy. The thought is, don't leave him. Stay there. Continue to serve the Lord. You be holy. You be sanctified. You be set apart. And you never know what your testimony will do to him the chance is greater that if you leave, divorce him, that your children will end up unholy. Mm. However, with your, to use these words from First Peter, I think it is, your chaste conversation, your clean way of living will be an example to your husband, and you never know but what day your husband may follow to be uh, a believer as well. So being patient and, and not giving up. Yeah. Anybody else? Okay, for me, uh, leading in PNG context for ladies, and if we have our husband's family in the house and for you to lead it's a no-no so it's the husband who does the thing but when it's in my house I take control of it whoever in my house that's my um, I take the lead if I have devotion they want to do whatever they want to do they know that I'm having devotion with the girls and the father is still sleeping or doing what he needs to do but the consistency in doing that so his people come into the house they see I'm doing that thing and I'm consistent and that's the role in my house and that's what I'm doing. And that's the thing that be consistent and leave it and it will come. People say, you know, just the word outside, fake it until you make it. But for Christians, it's not fake it. It's doing it until you mm. get it right. So yeah. Uh, yeah. that's what I'm, what I'm doing it for myself. Yeah. Absolutely. So maybe I'll broaden that question a little bit further and put it more into the context uh, for us here in, in PNG. A lot of our homes are not just mom, dad, and a couple of kids. A lot of our homes are mom, dad, a couple of kids, and everybody else, uncles, aunties, boo-boos. Uh, we got, you know, we got like 15, 20 people that are sort of in and out of the house all the time, and our younger kids tend to be raised as you said, it takes a village, uh, tend to be raised by the group, which then in turn leads to us as parents taking less responsibility for that. As a parent, 
in that scenario where I want to raise my children but I don't necessarily agree with the mob mentality, the family mentality, in fact sometimes that's going to be not biblical, how do I, how do I live in that environment and raise my children to be godly children when there's this pressure continually that they should do cultural things or they should fit a certain mold? Um, I think um, I see time is of essence um, when you still have a toddler or a child under your care um, I see that's the only opportunity that we have as, uh, as parents uh, to bring up our, our children and we cannot waste uh, any more time and if we have to give the best opportunity to our children this is the only time we have and we cannot take uh, families or other uh, things into our own family circle your biological uh, children are your responsibility and uh, we must take that seriously. Mm. Mm. We just cannot say culture is something that we must always respect, but our families, which are very important. And your biological uh, child is it's more important uh, outside your culture or other family. So, you as a, as a parent, we have that great responsibility to bring up our child. Um, yeah, for me and my family, what Brad Phil said, right now we are in that situation. We have, like, I've got my brother and the kids with me, but more importantly, our kids are the priority in, in our house, and uh, we have our devotions, and they have to follow what we set in our house. So they have to, um, what we set, if it's devotion time, it's devotion time. We, we don't like by, go around just to please them or be, um, that, that they, they will, you know, we have to, we set the rules and they have to follow by that and our priority is our kids how we bring them up that's that's they have to follow that rule what we set in the house i want us to call i want to caution us from thinking well i'm in a png context therefore it the bible way doesn't work um, if we can just take a moment and think of what the context was for Ephesians 5, Ephesians 6, mm. uh, Paul, a Jewish person writing to Gentile believers uh, in a place that he had visited and been for just a couple of years that is within a Roman society where you're talking about a third of the people are slaves. Uh, let's just think of what the nuclear home looked like for them 
perhaps there was dad and mom and kids, and maybe they were slave owners uh, who would have had uh, a nanny that would take care of the kids that would have babied them. How many of us understand what I'm talking about? The nanny will go way beyond what you would ever do. Um, or maybe switch the, the role because a lot of times the Christians were the slaves. Mm. And perhaps the, what we would consider the nuclear home, mom, dad, and the kids, was greatly overshadowed by slave owners and how well can they raise their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord within that setting? And yet the command was given, fathers, raise your children. Children, obey your parents. Um, and so let's, I guess, if I can just kind of push back against the idea of, well, our setting is unique. Our, our setting is not as unique as we think it is. Yeah. Um, and so let us not use that as an excuse to mm. say, I, I can't follow the biblical commands. That's good. Anybody else? I want to just echo um, what Papa John uh, said in his preaching. He said, Dad, step up. I just want to echo that. Dad, step up. Dad, step up. I think everything is already been said. Uh, first of all, I will put it this way. <clears throat> our culture and the church we go to, and that was our main idea where I focused on taking our own two children to making sure that whatever I want them to do in the future, because they're going to grow, they must follow the Bible way. So my family, only once in a while they come to my house. I'm a teacher by profession, and it was... Uh, board of management ruled that only teachers live in that school. So I was heading that school, and that's why I'm making sure that the children too must follow the Bible way. So I took them to Bible school, uh, sorry, Daru Baptist Church, while they were small. So I trained them up from there until today. Yeah. And two, only two children, boy and a girl. And the daughter got married to a Christian man. And the son too did the same thing because it was my teaching. Like I said, at the first place, it's a communication from the father, the mother, and the children. How I behave or what I want them to do, they are all have to go to church. So it's, it must happen today, because it's too late. Yeah. Because we are living in a society where a lot of ideas come very much for our children. So that was the whole thing, what I did. And today, like I said, it is up to all of us to make sure that our children go to the right place where they should go. So maybe we'll step out of that one a little bit and I'll ask a, con a question. I'll give you a little bit of context. Let's say there is a Christian family and this has happened to a number of our families, including families up here where the children are now grown up. The children are looking to get married or are married and establishing their own families. How does an adult respectfully, a, a married adult that's now got their own children, how do they respectfully go about creating or, or forming different, not traditions, but different rules within their own house and not offending mom and dad? Those, those rules are, are in line with biblical principles, but maybe they're different to what mom and dad does. 
how does how do I, as that young person, go about doing that in a manner that's respectful to my mom and dad? I think about Eric and Malong. You've got kids, Shadrach, uh, not Shadrach, Meshach is in that exact position. You guys are about to be in that position. You guys have been in that position heaps of times. You've certainly been in that, and you guys in a couple of years will be as well. How do we do that in a respectful manner? Maybe, maybe some practical tips here. Um, I got married to Malong. Um, I, when I got married, I moved in to, with Malong with, to the father, the father's house. Um, Brother Frank, Frank Manoy was a no-nonsense Baptist independence fundamentalist. <laughs> the word, he lived the word. And... Um, he was no nonsense. So when I went in the family, I went into his authority. And like the question is, um, very quickly, I had to stand up as my own rule for my wife and my children under his house. And that was very difficult, um, especially when when her dad was an authoritarian, do this this way, not that way. You know? And actually, this way and that way were all biblical, but it has to be this way, his way. And um, for me, raising my, my two boys, or my kids, Acacia also, was a battle because I had to, I had to submit to his home authority. When then I, I know that this way is the right way. So I had to, that, that's got to be a rub somewhere. So I robbed with my father-in-law at times. Um, for me, there are times when you've got to extend grace. You've got to love. The authoritarian didn't have that. That would come right at the end when everyone is crying. <laughs> okay. And so that was a rub. So, um, no, according to the question, I mean, for the, for the question, I had to speak with my father-in-law. And we had to come to an understanding that I can also be allowed to raise my children in his home. And that was the understanding that we, we came to. Um, but, yeah, I thank God for my, my father-in-law's life. I thought there would have been heaps coming from you guys. <laughs> Since Dad aired some of the dirty laundry this morning in the sermon, I'll air some of it back. Uh, <laughs> uh, very thankful. <laughs> so all the dirty laundry under the bed, that's right. Uh, very thankful for the parents that God gave me. Uh, I, was, I was blessed to have them. Uh, not everybody gets that opportunity, and I, I know that I've been blessed. Uh, when we got married, uh, we, we lived in a different town, and uh, then Ariel came along, and Ariel was a baby. Um, I remember coming back and visiting mom and dad. We stayed at the house with mom and dad, and we had our way of how we would handle Ariel, and mom and dad had a different way that they thought that we should handle Ariel. Um, 
and we were very strong about how our way was, and they were very strong about their way. And, uh, and I remember having a conversation with Becky one evening, and then going and having a conversation with mom and dad the next day. Um, I think what made it to where it went, the conversation went very well, I'll, I'll say that, they took it very well. Um, and I think the thing that helped was not waiting. Mm. Um, if we had waited and let it keep going and keep building, then it would have been a great point of contention between us. I have no idea if they even remember this, um, but it was, uh, for us, it was difficult for me as a son to come to mom and dad and say, hey, I think you guys are overstepping here. This is our child and we're gonna raise our child, child like this. Um, and it, it was difficult for me to kind of speak up because I had always been honor mom and dad. Um, but in this moment now, it was important for us to now be mom and dad. And they took it very well. And I think if I can uh, echo what Brother Eric said, grace, extending grace and showing love uh, in honor, preferring one another, um, and then remembering that, okay, that new young family is their own family. Um, and this is something that we, we're, we've had to work through now as our girls have moved out of the house they're now into their own lives. Both of them saw churches in the town that they're in. So they've, they've gone looking for new churches where they're at. And as a dad, I know both of those towns. And I know all churches in both of those towns. And I know what church I would like for them to go to. But I have to extend the grace to let them be their own and choose their own. And so um, I can't say that I've done it well either. Um, but very thankful for the grace that God's given us as we've been able to see this happen. Yeah. Maybe I'll leave it with one last question, and it's not so much a question as an encouragement from you guys. Maybe an encouragement to couples that have a child that is fighting against them, they've gone off the tracks maybe we could say, um, that couple has done everything to raise that child in a biblical manner, in a godly way, and that child has made the choice to go, I'm not interested. Maybe some encouragement from you guys, how, how do, what do I continue to do? What does a parent who has that wayward child do? love them and just keep loving them and just keep doing your routine that the Lord's put in your life. Do your devotions with your other children and love that one that's gone. Yeah. I like what Mama Lena just said. Love them. Keep on loving them. Just keep on loving them. And do what you're supposed to do as a parent. Do what you're supposed to do as a father. Do what you're supposed to do as a mother. And be faithful to the calling that God has called you with. Um, 
some emotions here, uh, but I don't want to really bring it out. Um, I just want to say, God is faithful. God is faithful. And in his faithfulness, when we begin to love him and we draw closer to him as a father, as a, as a dad, as a man of the house, we draw closer to him. Our children, our wife will also draw closer. And we tend to love everyone else and pray and continue to love for that wayward one. It was shocked and thankful to God that God would bring them back into the fold and slowly bring them back to loving him again. Um, Fathers, step up. Fathers, rise up. Mothers, step up. Mothers, rise up. It's, it's, it's time that we show with our lives that we love God, not just with our, our mouths. Let's show them with our lives. Let's, let's bring that grace. God loves us so much that he gave his life. And that same love that he has given to us is placed in our hearts. Let's take that love and give it to those around us, our children, our spouses, those in our houses, our communities, our villages, and those around us. Love is, is powerful when it's God's love. For those of you that are not married yet, I don't want to shoot over your heads. I want to lower the barrel and put it right in your nose. <laughs> Some of you know what the pain is, as you've watched it as a, as a young person, and you see that, and you're like, I don't want that in my marriage. It is, I'll use the big word, non-negotiable. The spouse you choose, if that person doesn't love Jesus, leave them someplace on the side of the road well they'll change I'm going to stand up they will not change you are not God and you cannot change them I'm standing I'm that serious about this you go for the one that loves Jesus because marriage everyone will tell you is hard enough raising children is harder than that you don't want this heartache. You don't. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's optional. No, you don't want this. So start right. Start right. This person is not right. You don't don't do it. And then you love, love, love. One's astray. At least you know you've done what you can. I wanted the microphone back because I have one thing to say that I didn't say when before. And that was that you should pray. Yeah. I mean, our kids are like, I mean, we, I, you gave them birth. You brought them into the world. And those of you that have a, a wayward child, you know the pain of this. I mean, how can you, how can you go through life and you go to heaven and your child's not there? Mm-hmm. Pray, pray, mom and dad, pray. Pray, sibling. 
for your sister or your brother that's not right with God. Pray. That's our recourse. That's what we can do. And it does change things. Mm. Right, because our God does hear. And he loves us. How do we as a church come around that family? The family that's struggling. Same way, pray. Yeah. Pray and love the family. Love those people. Love the children. Know that they're suffering. They're in pain. Their children are gone from the Lord. How, how do you even deal with that? Mm. I mean, to me, it's just unfathomable. One of our, one of our kids did that. Very, I mean, he did it briefly, but he, he told us at one point, I don't believe in your God. Mm. I don't want to have anything to do with him. I, don't, I mean, there were extenuating circumstances, but he said that to us. And, and we were just crushed. How can that be? I mean, you've seen God work. You know our love for God. You know we thought we knew your love for God, and all of a sudden you don't love him. This mama didn't sleep for months. I was up every night. I was up every day. I was praying for this kid. And he, and he came back to the Lord. He's a pastor now. He's not this pastor. <laughs> but, but he loves the Lord with all his heart. Yeah. I, if I can speak to my peer group. Some of you older Baptist guys were trained by missionaries from my peer group. We, I came up under hard Baptist preaching. And here's one of our flaws. That was, if you mess up, you're gone. Mm. I told my church when I took over from my pastor, who was one of those guys, I told my church, that's not biblical and we're not doing that anymore. Hey. If someone repents, you forgive them and you bring them back and you... Yep draw them close and you help them walk the way. You don't cut them out. We're dealing with new issues in our nation and here's how, how I believe you should do it and Matt, Pastor Matt is the pastor and he can, I don't want to put him on the spot, but we are, we're dealing with issues of homosexuality and then my stupid nation of America is exporting transgenderism and some of the most insane, the guys are just long, long. They're just long, long. But as those ideas permeate our culture and your child gets to questioning and going that way, you love and you pray, but let me add one thing. You don't move from your position. You hold your position. Son, I know what you're asking and questioning right now, and I love you, and I'm praying for you. Now, you know Dad doesn't agree with that. I'm not ever going to hate you. I am never going to hate you. But you think you're gay or you think that you're a girl. I was there when you were born. You're a boy. Talk sense. You can talk sense. Don't listen to the world that says you can't say that. Common sense. You look him boy, I am boy. You look him girl, I am girl. You can say that. He's giving you his opinion. You have an opinion. But you say, I love you, but I don't agree with that. Yeah. And you be biblical, and you be, but never stop loving. Yeah. And never stop praying. Speak the truth in love. Well, maybe we'll wrap it up there. I think the 
key points that stood out for me this morning, but one as fathers, our first priority must be our relationship with God. How can I raise my children to be godly children if I leave that aspect of my life aside? Or if I don't focus appropriate attention on that? As, as fathers, as parents, our first priority must be our relationship with God. We can't let that go. We talked some about how to react in home where, where it's a complicated situation. And as parents, we need to stand our ground, whether that's in a home that's full of other people or whether that's in a home that, that is just a transitional place. As parents, we need to stand our ground and we need to set the benchmark. And that benchmark needs to be based on our walk with God. Families, parents, set that standard in your home, that biblical standard. We've got to stop this cultural overlay of, yeah, but we do it different here. Set the standard and make sure that standard is a biblical standard. The last one we talked about here is how do you deal with that situation where we have a child that potentially is fighting back and they've, they've walked away from the biblical standards that we've established in our home. And we talked about loving them and continuing to love them and continuing to lead them in that biblical manner despite the fact that maybe they're pushing back on that. Again, my walk has to be right in order to have an impact in that space. Church, how do we support those people? For one, we've got to stop judging. That parent may have done everything according to the Word of God, and that child has their own decision-making process, and they may have walked away. So one, we've got to stop judging the parents, stop labeling, and come around them and love them, and guide them. And parents, we need to be transparent. Yeah? When I'm struggling with raising my children, we're, we're very personal about our children, aren't we? If somebody says something about the way that I'm raising my, my children, the first thing I do is I react and go, whoa, 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 whoa. You have no right to speak into my life about how I parent. You do not know what you're talking about. Yeah? But parents, if we're going to grow in our individual walk with God, and if we're going to grow in our ability to raise our children, we need to be transparent. I need to be able to go to someone like Papa and Mama and say, hey, I'm struggling here. This, is, this isn't working. Have you got some advice for me? I need to be able to go to my pastor and say, I need some counsel. I need to be able to go to other believers and say, I'm falling short. Can you help me? Can you hold me accountable? Because if I'm not going to be transparent and I'm just going to stay in that space and continue to bang my head against the wall, then my children are not going to end up where God has designed them to end up. Yeah? So fathers, let's love God first. Let's seek God first in everything that we do. Let's be praying for our children that they would be passionate about the Word of God that they would be passionate about growing in their walk with God. 
And then let's support them as they do that. Support them as a couple, but support them as fathers. I think this has been a, a good panel this morning. Thank you, all of you, for, for being up here. Thank you for exposing parts of your lives that maybe we haven't seen before. Uh, I think this has been a good morning. Pastor Matt, do you have anything you want to close with? All right, well, let's pray, and uh, we'll finish up for this morning. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege that it is to be parents. And Father, as we were challenged this morning, I pray that we would seek you first. Uh, Father, as you teach us and as you correct us and as you guide us and as the Holy Spirit works in us, the Father, those lessons would flow on from us into the lives of our children. And the Father, we would be faithful to our children. And the Father, our children would grow up to love you, to desire to walk with you. And Father, that we would continue to, to support them in that. And Father, for the parents this morning that maybe they're struggling, they're not quite sure where to go next, not sure how to correct, how to train, how to raise their children to be godly children, or maybe their children have just rejected them and rejected you outright. Father, I pray that you would bring counsel into those people's lives, bring, bring comfort into those families' lives. And Father, I pray that they would stand on the Word of God. Father, you are good, and you love us, and you love our families. Father, we love you in your name. Amen.